Welcome to the Church of Philadelphia podcast. Get ready for this message to ignite your faith as the power and love of God is shared through his word. Amen. And so we, again, we're talking about standing in love. We believe that, you know, as believers, as Christians, that's what we should be doing, right? We should be standing in love. We should be uh, not just walking in God's love, but we should stand in love and we should present God's love. And, you know, just in Char- in Charlotte, uh, you know, seeing Pastor Lincoln has kind of gone over, uh, you know, how this basically translates in the Greek, you know, and broke it down and said, stand, stand is, you know, of course, you know, pointing to, you know, drawing uh, to draw near or to approach. Uh, it's also, you know, uh, uh, to, to highlight communication, right? Uh, and then love, basically, and an emotion that's shared in mankind, but it also talks about desire. And, and even when we start talking about standing in love, you know, if you're anything like me, I was taught that if you don't stand for something, that you'll fall for anything. And, and what better thing that, you know, that you can stand for uh, than love, right? What's a better thing as believers, as Christians, should we represent, should we uh, uh, speak to, uh, that we should, uh, that should be synonymous with being believers, with being Christians is, uh, what else could you think of other than love? And in this series, when we start talking about standing in love, it kind of brings, uh, you know, gets to the heart of the matter. See what I did? Heart of the matter, love. Okay. So anyway, gets to the heart of the matter. Uh, uh, we're talking about, are we stereotypical believers? Are we casual Christians? Or are we doing what we're set out to do as believers? Are we doing what we're set out to do as Christians? You know, uh, when we think about Christianity and, and, and what people perceive as Christians, you know, sometimes, well, well, you know, even here recently, I would say in the last five, 10 years, you know, it, popularity, uh, it's not as popular as it once was to be a Christian. And part of that, you know, kind, kind of comes back to, uh, you know, what's perceived uh, when it comes down to Christianity, right? And, and, and sometimes, you know, we understand that, you know, granted, you know, people are not necessarily what they say they are across all walks of life, across other, all, you know, all religions, right? But when you start t- thinking about, you know, Christians, the people that are supposed to represent love, the people that are supposed to present love and be lovely, kind people, you know, sometimes, you know, it, we kind of, uh, society, will show us that, you know, Christianity uh, is perceived as not being that. And and of course that, you know, we want to, uh, as believers, we always want to put on the, 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 we want to prove that God's love is real, right? We want to present God's love in a different way. We don't want to be what the status quo, what people, uh, what people would say is, is Christians. We want to we want to bring that back, right? We want to bring respect back to what being a Christian is. We want to bring, uh, 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 we want to actually change the tides, right? And, and, and be people of, be agents of change, right? In the right direction. We want to be people that are going to, to confirm what God said and what God spoke. And it's not so much about a morality thing. This is more about walking out the purpose of what we're supposed to be doing. This is not supposed to be just about, you know, I want to be a good moral person, but I'm calling myself, if I'm calling myself a believer, if I'm calling myself a Christian, 
these are things I should be doing. I should be representing love. And so even when we start thinking about this series, this series in itself is a, a personal, this, this gives us a personal progression check, right? We have to personally look within ourselves to see where I'm standing, right? I have to see where my present situation is, what I'm currently doing. And so this series in itself, it causes us to ask certain questions. These questions are, since receiving the faith, are you growing closer to others or further away? Second question, you know you needed love to get to this point. You had, someone has shown that love and given that love to you. What are you doing to extend that love? Hmm? And also with that same love that you've been given, the same love that you, well, first and foremost, the love that you've given or the love that's been given to you, what's changing around you? What's changing around you? And so this is not to make anyone feel bad because we're all working, right? This is, like I said, this is a progression thing. We're checking our progressing, how we're progressing in the faith, right? So this is not to, 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 to make anyone feel bad, but this is to paint a picture, right? We are, as believers, we are coming to, with a series like this, we're coming to an understanding that we have work to do. But the great thing about that is that if you're here, if you're listening, if you're able to hear this, right, it's not too late. You have an opportunity to get better. We have an opportunity to grow. We have an opportunity to be what Christ called us to do and be better at what Christ has called us to do. And so when we, if that brings us to this sermon today that we're going to be going over. Survivor, get off the island. Survivor, get off the island. Yes, yes. And if you're anything, uh, if you if you if you know uh, anything about me, that you know God deals with me in certain ways that He usually gets my attention with things that I watch. And so and so, even when it comes down to the Survivor, Survivor of course is a reality game show series. It's been around for twenty plus years, believe it or not. And 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 even with that, it's you know brings people from different backgrounds, different walks of life put them on an island in the middle of nowhere. They have to try to outwit them, uh, out, outwit each other, uh, outlast each other, outplay each other to basically get off the island as the sole survivor. And, you know, even in the middle of that, they're making alliances. And, and, and just like us in real life, they, they are willing to team up with people. They're willing to do things that they need to do in order to get off the island to be that sole survivor. But once they get that support and love, like, once they get everything they need, they kind of separate themselves and stand apart to be that sole survivor. And so we play that game, right? Likewise, in life, we play that game. That's what we do. And so that goes into our scripture. The scripture that we're going to be reading this, this uh, going over it is coming from Matthew 5, 43 and 48. And it reads, ye have heard that it have been said, thou shalt love the neighbor and hate thy enemy. Verse 44, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Verse 45, that you may be the children of your father, which is in heaven, for he maketh his son to rise on 
the e rise on the evil and on the good and send the rain on the just and on the unjust. Verse 46, for if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? In verse 47, if you, if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Verse 48, be ye therefore perfect, even as your father, which is in heaven, is perfect. And so when we talk about this, when we look at these script, uh, the, the, the basis of these scriptures, again, it's telling us that just like, you know, uh, it's, it's common, it's easy for us to be that survivor, right? To be that, that person that made it off the island. And once we're, uh, or we did what we needed to do to get to the part that we, uh, to get to the place where we are. But at the same time, we find ourselves ostracizing others, going against what God called us to do. God called us to be amongst the people. God called us to be with the people, to grow in the midst of people, not to, Pull yourself your way. Pull, pull away. Not to to uh, to to push others aside for our own gain. And so, what we find here, even in verse forty three, it says, "Ye have heard that it been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy." And of course, when we're talking about this, is a callback, if you will, that he's saying. This is what you heard. And of course, when we're talking about, we're, we're pointing back to uh, a time in Leviticus or, you know, when that when the, the scripture came out and it was like, love thy neighbor. And even when we're talking that, that you know, when, when, when God gave those directions, that he was talking that you should love the people, love people in general. And of course, over time, sometimes, you know, we take certain things, right? And we kind of, uh, 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 you know, take things at, at, at at, at face value and kind of move aside uh, and, and, and look at what we want to and get what we want to out of it, right? Even when it says, love thy neighbor, God never said, hate thine enemy. He never spoke that, that part of it. That is just something that we added over time or that was added over time. And of course, when you think about that, you know, even at the time frame, you know, it was easy because, you know, the people of God were, we're, all, we're already outcasts. And so it was easy for you to say, okay, well, love thy neighbor because I'm going to love the people that look like me. They're going through the same things that I'm going through, the same people that are, you know, that I'm, uh, 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 I see their struggle. I see their issues. I can, it's easy for me to love them because they're in the midst of what I'm going through. It's easy for me to love the people that are like me or that I have some kind of uh, affiliation with but everybody else, I'm going to hate them. And so over time, we, the people added that in, hate thine enemy. And even when we start looking at that, you know, we have to think about uh, 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 that, you know, the reality is that it's easy to, to love the people around you, or it's a little bit easier, I should say. I'm not going to say that it's always easy. It's a little bit easier to love the people that you have some things in common with, but it's so easy to, it's so much easier to hate, right? And even the, the reality is when we start looking at the world around us, it's easy because, you know, even when you start thinking about, you know, social media or when you think about even the news, right? You know, they project a certain, uh, 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 they project the story. The story has to 
be able to pull something out of you, right? Now, even when you think about, you know, the things that get all the attention, it's either to evoke a strong love for something or to evoke a strong hate for something, right? And so even when you start talking about, you know, what sells, unfortunately, everything that's good doesn't sell. And so they are trying to news outlets, news articles, social media, sometimes the things we watch, they want to interject or show hate. They want to get something out of us that is going to give a, get us something uh, riled up about or excited about. And that's an innate feeling that, you know, we have to, uh, 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 that, that goes along with being human, right? There's a right and then there's the feeling of being wrong. Sometimes we, we, we get wrapped up in that, that, that feeling uh, of being wronged and being, uh, 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 being, uh, being pulled aside or pushed aside. And, and, and we gravitate towards that as people. You know, sometimes you go into certain things looking to be riled up. Let's talk about, you know, even those, those, those let's, let's call it cranky Christians, right? <laughs> those people that it's so much easier because you didn't sleep well or because you didn't get enough to eat or because you, you're hungry. You know, you can be hangry. You're hungry and angry at the same time. Those, you know, it's so many things pulling on those, those emotional strings that, that, you're, that, that, that kind of tie you down. And you find yourself just, it's so easy to be on the wrong side of certain things. And look at that. Sometimes, you know, some of us, we just don't want to be messed with. Sometimes it's, it's you know, when you think about, you know, uh, you could be going about your business and if you, uh, between your, you know, where you, where you leave home and then get to work and you're able to sit down and do your work, do your job. And if nobody talked to you, nobody said anything to you, it would be all right. It would be perfectly okay. And, and, and that person, and then, and then the, that gets, you know, over and over. And this, you're just trying to find peace or what you would think is peace, but at the same time, you know, people know not to mess with you, right? You go give off that persona that you don't want to be messed with, that you don't want to be bothered. And that is, you know, even when we start talking about, those are the kind of things that kind of slip in for us as believers, because it's not necessarily you're doing anything quote unquote wrong, but at the same time, that is a, 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 a an insidious thing that kind of kind of finds its way inside because you don't necessarily see it as okay well I'm being I'm I'm being uh uh I'm not I'm not really doing anything wrong to anybody but at the same time it's a feeling of when it when you are being bothered you know you feel like you're being wrong if you feel like you know even when this comes down to like like I said before that that article that you read no one's really actually doing anything physical to you, but it's something that you read. Now you feel wronged or, or it's something you've seen happen. It's not something that happened to you, but it's something that now you feel wrong. And you're, you're, and it kind of ignites kind of like, a, uh, uh, if you will, like a, 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 a righteous indignation in you. How dare you be, how dare you wrong me? How dare you wrong my people? How dare you wrong, you know, so-and-so? This is not just a fight against me. This is a fight against us. You know, sometimes when we think about uh, uh, anger and we use that, you know, we say we're going to use our anger for good. And, you know, even when, you know, I'm reminded of, of you know, with the, with the Incredible Hulk, you know, in the first Avengers movie, 
they were like, well, how do you manage? How do you, how, how do you manage? And it's like, well, you know, the way I manage is I'm always angry. And that's like some of us, we're always angry. We don't want to say that, but that's how we keep it under control is that we are always, we manage to always be angry about something. And God's telling us we need to work on that. God's telling us we need to deal. As Christians, as believers, we can't walk around always angry. And even in that anger, that anger shouldn't pour out. Right? It shouldn't pour out to the place where it's always, you know, it's a part of us. He's like, take that aside, move that aside, get rid of that altogether, that I can be able to put love in you. Don't let that hate rule, let love rule. So the same way that hate is easy, indifference is easy. And so even when we think about, you know, some of us, myself included, it's so easy just to be heads down. It's just so easy just to be, to, to walk in the, and, and what I'm doing right now, moving right now, and I'm not even really thinking about what's happening in the world around me. I'm not really thinking about what's going on outside of my own circle. What does that look like? That looks like, you know how sometimes you're in, you're, you're, you're hear something on the news or you hear something that happened to you know a group of people or you know and it's like a it's just a it's a horrible situation all the way around and there's an acknowledgement right in your mind there's an acknowledgement man that's terrible and then you go back to what you're doing has that ever happened to you there's something that's just earth-shattering bad that happens not just to sometimes it can happen to one person sometimes it can hurt it can happen to a whole bunch of people and your your in you is like I should pray, and even if you do pray, it's like a God do it for him kind of prayer, right? But it's not a I genuinely feel bad for that person or those people. God, what's happened? How can I help? And sometimes we understand we don't always have the resources, we don't always have the means, but can you pray, right? So even when we start talking about hate, indifference, these are things that we say, okay, well, we're Christians. We love people, but maybe we can do better. <clears throat> and so when we look at this, it says, you have heard that it have been said that thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy, verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Now look at that. Love your enemies. Don't hate them, man. Don't hate them. There's a bold contrast here. He's saying, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. You know, when we say love your enemies, there is a understanding that love is one of those things that you have to, as an action. It's something that you have to put work into to do. Bless them that curse you. Even that you're saying, okay, the ones that are actively coming up against you. And, if, and some of us, we could probably think in our minds, there's probably that one individual that's looking out to get me. Whether it be work, whether it be, you know, uh, play, whether it be, you know, someone from your past, 
There's someone in your mind, probably, that you can think of and says, you know what? Over time, if they could have seen me falter, if they could have seen me fail, they would have loved it. And those are people that God is saying you should be praying for. And not only should you be, it says, love your enemies, bless them, do good to them. Wow. And that's a lot to unpack. That is a lot for us to do. Now, why would God say, now, even when we think about this, right? This sounds great. As believers, we all know this. This is not something that is, it, 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 like, I'm not going over just, you know, unfounded <laughs> territory here. But even when we start looking at it and we really peel off the layers, like, how many of us really do this? Why is it that these are the things that, you know, come to the surface as believers? This is what we say. This is what we take on as believers. And when we look at this, it's, it, it, as, it, as it's read out to you, that sometimes seems so unlikely. It seems very unlikely. And it also seems extremely hard. But even this last part, and pray for them, which despitefully use you and persecute you. When we think about that, of course, we're talking about, you know, even how Jesus himself had to pray for those that were nailing the nails in his hands. God, they don't know what they're doing. And look at that. He's not acknowledging that they are not, they're not even acknowledging that they're not ignorant to what their offense is, right? He's not saying they don't know any better. <coughs> well, he is saying they don't know what they're doing. But they do know they're actively nailing a nail in someone's hand. Right? But they don't know the full scope of what they're doing. And likewise, people that are in our lives, they don't necessarily know that they're hurting a child of God. Right? Even sometimes us, we don't know we're hurting other people and we don't know what that's going to do to them. We don't necessarily, the things we say, the things we do, we aren't always cognizant of the fact that there are some, there are some things that are being done. There's some groundwork that's being laid that's ultimately bringing them down. But that's where this, you know, even a word like this comes to provoke us to see ourselves in others. <clears throat> the average person would say, well, you know, I don't hate anybody. The average person would say, you know, well, I, you know, the people that I'm up against or the people that, you know, are against me, you know, I haven't done anything like that to them. I haven't done like anything like that to someone else. But maybe, maybe you have, and it just didn't look the same way. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Verse 45, it says that, me, that ye may be the children of your father, which is in heaven. And look at that. Some of us, we just don't want to be children. We don't want to be childlike. Some of us, we want to be, okay, I am, I am grown. I am a grown man. I'm a grown 
a grown woman. I've, I've seen some things, I've done some things, some things that, you know, I, are, are, are simple to me, right? Some things are simple to me because I've grown, I've seen some things. And God's like, no, I need you to be childlike. I need you to be one that don't know it all. I need you to be one that doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't look at themselves in the light that they have arrived. I need you to be childlike when this thing, with this thing called love. And when we start thinking about children, you know, children are are so uh, uh, open to the idea of being loving. It's so oh, they're so open to the idea of acceptance. They're so open to the idea of uh, of, of sharing. And, and and well, they're working on sharing. <laughs> Some children are working on sharing, but being open to seeing others and and, and caring for others. It's time, experience. It's being taught, you know, showing, being shown something that kind of turn people's, turn children's minds away from that innocence, right? Or change, or at least changes it from that that concept of 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 of, of being accepting, right? When you think, when you look at kids on the playground, they don't care about you know the things that we care about in today's society, whether it be class, whether it be color, whether it be uh, agendas, whether it be uh, uh, these things. But they you know kids on the playground just want to play. Of course, they're going to pick sides who can play, who can't play. But at the same time, they don't care about all the other things that we care about. They just want to play. And God wants us to be as children. He wants to be accepting to everybody. He wants us to be accepting to everybody. And he wants to take notice. And also when we think about children, children can be taught some things. Children have to be uh, in a place where they have to receive tutelage. They have to receive uh, 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 schooling. They have to receive uh, uh, education about some things. God wants us to, to be teachable and moldable. He says, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. We all benefit. And God's saying, this is how I want my, my people to be as well, right? It's not just a matter of you just giving to those that are doing right or the ones that you think are doing right. It's not just a matter of being open and accepting to the ones that are supposedly got their lives on on track or supposed to be doing what you know they're supposed to be doing they're doing what they're supposed to be doing it's not just those even the ones that you know the ones are deemed as evil the basic necessities the things that you know uh, uh, that that are needed for an individual to thrive to live sun and water sun and rain light water the basic the necessities i give that to everybody and likewise, so should you. You should be able to bring your son. What's the son, right? You should be able to bring son. You should be able to share that light. Give that light. You should be able to extend love, the love of Christ to others. What is rain? You should be able to bring nourishment. You should be able to provide, right? The spirit. You should be able to give the spirit. Share the spirit of Jesus. That's what you should be doing. And likewise, as he's doing as the natural, you should be able to do in the spirit. You should be able to bring these things to the just and unjust. The people that treat you fairly or the people that don't. The people that are looking and smiling upon you 
or the people that cast you aside. The very people that you, uh, uh, not just the people that you acknowledge, not just the people that you love, but the people that pass you by. When we think about this, this scripture gives, or these uh, uh, scriptures give us insight into what God thinks about how we deal with people, even the people that look over us. Even the people that don't even care about you. That's when that's that's the thing about this. When we start looking at uh, uh, these scriptures in particular, it it brings us out of that place where we're saying, "Okay, well, we're good. They're not or that they've got it. We've got it together. They don't. If you're not acknowledging people and seeing they're just. The, they're, they're human just like you. They are people just like you. They have wants, desires, needs, all of those things. And some of them need to be provided for. Some of them need a provision. Some of them need that in their lives. That thing in their lives is going to take them over the, over the top or, 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 or be a, a better person or, that, or be a, 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 a better individual. And granted, some of them might not ever step foot in the church. Some of them might not ever even step foot in, in, but they, if they come across one of us, they should say, I know love is real. I was unfair. I was unjust. I would look over them. I would not talk to them. I would, I would criticize them. I would be on the wrong side. They'll be on the right. If they were on the right side, I'd be on the wrong side. If they were on the left, I'd be on the right. Whatever the case may be, I was against, but at the same time, what they represented to me was love. Verse 46, for if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? He's saying anybody can do that. (laughs) Again, this is not to downplay your love for your family. Of course you should have love for your family. Of course you should have love for people in your church. But what is that? What what reward is that? That's the that's the God saying that's the bareness that's the bare necessities of this walk. That's what you should be doing all game. That's the standard. But do not even the publicans the same. And we talk about the publicans, even the publicans, uh, you know, that represent the the tax collectors. But those tax collectors were ultimately, you know, usually uh, of Jewish faith. Uh, and the Roman government would use those people that were, you know, designated those Jewish people, but they would use them to get from, you know, get taxes, collect taxes from the Jewish people. So they were they were always looked upon uh, as as people that were. It wasn't good. They weren't good people to, to in the eyes of the Jewish people. They weren't people that were no, there were there, there were recognizes good people, right? But he said, even the publicans do that. Even the people that we would deem in society as not good can love people that are around them or love people. And when you start thinking about, you know, the sayings that you hear, like, you know, thick as, you know, thick as thieves, when you start thinking, you know, uh, uh, you know, people, when we start saying, you know, people as, uh, uh, you know, people will hang with people that they're like, and connect with people that they're like, you know, there's a certain code uh, uh, for, for even the, uh, the thieves 
you look at that and you start seeing, oh, okay, well, even they can have friends, right? The people that you would regard as the lowest, the people that you would regard as uh, 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 not lowest in, in class, but lowest as in moral, uh, uh, the moral, moral code that they would live by, even know how to love the people around them. <laughs> and when you start thinking about movies like, you know, The Grandfather or The Godfather and things like that, there was a code there. But at the same time, even those people had families, even those people loved each other, enjoyed each other, you know, enjoyed each other's company. They'll cross you, but they enjoyed each other's company. So anybody could do that. But how do we pull away? How do we pull aside? You know, and, and show that that love, show that love is real, right? Verse forty-seven. And if ye salute your brother only, what do ye more than others? So even when we start talking about saluting someone, that is just another way of saying greeting. If you just greet your brothers, what is the good of that? Even the publicans can do that. Even the people, again, of low regard, low, you know, a, a, a low moral code can say to, to the people that they know or the people that they like, hello. Now, let's, let's go back. Some of us have trouble saying hello to others. Some of us have trouble being vocal, right? Being social, myself included, I'm working on it. But even that, and this is not even to go into, okay, well, when's the last time you spoke to your neighbor? I myself, I know out of the, I'm in a suburb, so I got a lot of <laughs> but I don't know, but so many. So it's a challenge right now. This is a challenge. The gauntlet has been set. I have to meet people. I have to go out, be social, socialize. But even in that, you, it's easy for us to say, okay, well, the people I'm connected to, the people I talk to, the people in my household, I need to say hey to them too. I say, need to say hello to them first. I need to be cordial with them first. I need to be nice with them first. I need to show God's love with them first. But outside of that, I need to be more vocal. I need to be more social. I need to be, you know, and not just deal with this, the world that I'm in. Life passing by, things happening. I'm no longer on the island. And if anything, this is for us, we're challenging. This is a challenge for us to get off the island. There is some, this is a challenge for us to, to step out. This is a challenge for us to grab hold of what God's speaking, what God's saying to us and saying, okay, yeah, the Old Testament, which in the Old Testament, he was saying, you know, love thy neighbor. This is what we're bringing into the new. And this is what we're expounding upon that. You can't just hate people. You, you can't just be indifferent, but there is a thing that God is calling us to do. That's why even when we start talking about this particular sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, this is what Jesus is speaking. So he's acknowledging the fact that you have to do more to be special. You have to do more to be set apart. You can't be casual Christians anymore. You can't be just like other Christians that just do the basics and just say that I'm a Christian. I, I receive my salvation and they're saved and they go on about their business. No, God's calling us to do more. God's calling us to be more. And so what we have to do is say, okay, this is the status quo. This is the standard. How can I do more than that? How can I be better than that? Because God is calling me to do more and God is calling me to be more. 
Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you receive it, if you accept the challenge, if you if you see the gospel being said, you should just praise God right there. You should just acknowledge that you've been called to do more. If you're hearing this word, this is acknowledgement. This is a time for you to say, okay, amen. I receive it. I'm understanding. This is what God has called me to do, so I'm going to do it. And saying, salute your brother. You have to. You have to be able to greet people. And even when we start talking about, you know, when we think about uh, a, a greeting to people, we have to acknowledge and understand that some people, this might be their only shot. You might be their only shot. Some people have gone uh, 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 days, weeks, months, maybe even years without really saying, okay, there's a stranger that genuinely cares about me. They don't know me from a can of paint, right? But at the same time, they took time out their schedule to say, hey, I see you. God loves you. Now think about the power in that. When we realize that some people have gone years without even hearing that God loves them. Whether they believe God or not, whether they know God or not, some of them do know, but maybe they felt, maybe they felt they've done so much or they've been out the way so long that they can't connect with him. But God purposed you and God sent you specifically to tell them it's not too late. Some people, someone is probably looking just for that confirmation. And if you're in the right town, in the right place at the right time, you can be that person to bring that confirmation, to let people know it's not too late. Verse 48, be ye therefore perfect, even as your father, which in heaven is perfect. Now God is not calling us, or Jesus is not calling us to be perfect. When we start looking at perfect, Perfect here is not uh, speaking to you being sinless. He's not calling forth for you to be sin because we all know with him, there is an opportunity. There's, a, there's the ability to walk uh, in a place where we're better, but, we're, we're, but we, it takes him for him to make us, uh, uh, to, to be able to walk in that place that we're not just abiding in sin and just, you know, just going through our lives, going out throughout, you know, through our lives and, and, and walking and trying to walk the straight and narrow. We know we can't do it without him. So he's saying, be therefore perfect, but be therefore, therefore uh, be perfect is, is uh, a way to uh, speak to being complete. We should be complete in showing and expressing God's love. We should be complete and being able to, which means that we should be able to cover facets, the facets that he's bringing to our attention on how to show love and how to express love. We should be complete when it comes down. We should be able to, you know, not show signs of weakness when, when people have crossed us. We should be consistent with our kindness. We should be consistent with prayer. We should be consistent with sacrificing for others and being able to provide provision for others. We should be consistent 
and showing them the way back to God. That's the perfect that he wants us to walk in. He's not calling for us to be sinless. He knows that there's that we're constantly at war with sin. But at the same time, he's looking for a, a complete love that embraces people and shows that he loves them. This is about you expressing God's love to them and giving them an understanding of God's love. That's what he wants to be perfected in us. So with that being said, what are we, what are we looking to do? We are trying to understand, we, ignore, we, we acknowledge the fact that we survived some things, right? We acknowledge the fact that we, we've been through some things, right? We survived some things, we've been through some things, but now we gotta get off the island. We can't be by ourselves. We can't walk in, walk in, a way, uh, walk in the way of hate or, or, or even indifference. But God is showing us for, for us, uh, showing for, uh, uh, wants us to be compassionate, uh, uh, be compassionate and have empathy. He wants us to be able to not think of people as just human beings, but understand that they are still children of God. They're still connected to him, whether they know it or not. But we know. And so in that, we know that we need to be able to go out, care for others, love, extend that love, and show that that love is real. This is not about changing others. This is about changing our hearts. This is about understanding and acknowledging that, you know, it's the, the, our, our worlds are bigger and greater than just the family around us, right? It's greater than just the people around us. It's greater than our church family. This is about us being able to show that we are able to give and provide that love that God is looking for. We're the, God, we're the people. We are the people of God that we're going to show that God's love is real. You know, when we think about, when we think about, you know, the gospel, when we think about Jesus, yes, miracles had a part to play in it. But even when we start talking about the conversion of the uh, of the Roman and uh, uh, Roman Church, if you will, it wasn't so much that you know it it, it, it was it was the, the the stories and and the the lineage, if you will, of what Jesus was able to present and, uh, and give. But it was also the kindness of the people. You know, the Romans understood that these people were ostracized, they were spit on, they were you know being uh, persecuted, all of that. But they were also, they were in the midst of that, they were inviting, they were kind, they were compassionate. And God's not looking for you to sacrifice your life today. <laughs> He's not looking for you to, you know, uh, uh, to, but, but even when we start looking at us as believers, sometimes we say, okay, well, these are grand things that they did and sacrificed and gave. The simple thing. God's asking you to greet people. God's asking you to say hello. God's asking you to say, hey, be tangible. Be approachable. Be loving. Not to just the people around you, but to the people you don't know. To the people that God places in front of you. That's what he's saying. And so when we start talking about a culture change, when we start talking about changing the culture. We understand 
that it's a, you know, there's, you know, I'll say this, <laughs> there's, there's people in place to do the work. We gotta be those people. And sometimes we, we can't probably change the perception of all Christianity, but I can guarantee you it starts with just one person. And then there's 10 people. And then there's a hundred, and then there's a thousand. And then now you start looking at a wave of influencers. That could be a positive word. <laughs> a wave of influencers. That God is telling us that we don't have to step into the status quo. We don't have to step into being what the world perceives as Christians. We can be what God perceives as Christians. And that's what we're trying to do. God bless you. That's this, mo this morning's message. Thanks for tuning in and please make sure to visit us at churchoffilla.com for more podcasts and ways to connect with us on social to like, subscribe, follow, and share content as it comes along. Special thanks to those who give in so many ways to this ministry. We could not do any of this without you. And if you want to give or be a part, visit churchoffilla.com forward slash give for more information. Thanks so much for listening. God bless.